You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast. Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm your host, Kate All. I'm the owner and founder of Simple Pin Media. We are a Pinterest management and marketing company. We help you find and convert your perfect person on Pinterest. Today, we are going to be talking about email. And I know it's not always directly connected to Pinterest, but we're really going to be talking about how to get raving fans on your email list. And those people come from Pinterest. We're talking with Kate Doster. She's been in a previous episode and that we've connected with about how to get people to give you money. It was Pinterest to PayPal in three minutes flat. She's got some great strategies, but most of all, she has some great tactics for you really getting into the mind of your ideal consumer, whether that is a reader or a um, service provider, somebody's going to buy your services or somebody's going to buy your physical or digital product how to really get into their minds to create something that they want to get on your newsletter or email list so that they can buy your future products and connect with you and be a part of your community. She shares some great tips for how you can really start to think about getting into that mindset and therefore creating the right freebie or opt-in or lead magnet for them. We're talking about this this month because in the collective or this on this podcast, because this month in the collective, which is our Pinterest marketing membership community, we are going deep into email marketing. I have a coaching call with Melody, our marketing director here at Simple Pin. We have done so much work on our email list at Simple Pin. So we're going to be peeling back the curtain on that and talking more about what we've learned and how we've grown with that. We also have a previous coaching call that we did with Kate Doster from last year, the last time we talked about email marketing that you can get access to. And then we're going to be talking about strategies that you can use on Pinterest to really create that connection between pin to website to where people will want to sign up for whatever you're offering them. We're going to go deep and we have six mentors in there. We have our team in there, myself. We're ready to really help you master whatever area of Pinterest marketing you're struggling with. But this month, we really want to focus on email marketing. So if you'd like to join the collective, you can go to simplepinmedia.com slash collective and sign up. We would love to have you join at any time. You can also cancel at any time too. We know sometimes businesses change and sometimes you need to take a step back. We have people who pop in and pop out and it's a great place to get support for Pinterest marketing that feels very grounded and not you know, pray to crazy myths or tactics or anything like that. So if you want to join the collective, which we really hope that you do, go to simplepinmedia.com slash collective. With that, here is my interview with Kate Doster about how to get raving fans on your email list. Kate Doster, welcome back to the Simple Pin Podcast. I am beyond excited to be back. I am so excited to have you back. And before we dive into all my amazing questions that I have for you, tell our listeners who have not listened to your previous episode that we did together, which we will link to in the show notes, who you are and what you do. 
Why, thank you. So I am Kate Doster of katedoster.com. I'm host of the Inbox Besties podcast, and I have one mission in life, and that is to put money in the hands of good people so they can do good with it. So specifically, I help, I really consider ethical entrepreneurs be able to speak and create about digital offers in a way that leaves people really begging for a buy button to hit rather than feeling like, oh my goodness, I'm taking advantage of people or I sound so needy or it's so gross. Because the truth is, is that we need to get money in the hands of good people so we can start doing better things with it. Oh, absolutely. I love that. And I think one of the things that I have felt lately is that sometimes there feels like this mystery and there's these people who have figured out how to quote unquote game the system and they they get it. And then there's these people that have a really great product and they have a really great mission and they are really struggling with their marketing and they don't know how to tell the world about themselves. Right. And I think that there's just not really that good of an example of how just to treat people like actual people. Like that's all that you need to do. All you see, because we call them the Billy Brohemes of the world. That's our nickname that we call them the Billy Brohemes. There's a whole voice in the character. Totally. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I have a whole voice that goes with it. It's very much sounds like Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Yes. And because they tend to be completely shameless, they are the ones that you're constantly seeing their ads for, that you are constantly getting emails in their inboxes because they do not care. It is the people that actually care about their audiences that are being all hush-hush, but since Billy Brohim is over there talking to them 80 times a day because he doesn't care, eventually they'll probably cave and go with him instead of you. And I cannot let that happen. And I think that the root of this, the more that I've been into this is a lot of people are very sales averse. So it's like, I can't even tell you the words to write if you won't even hit send. So we take a whole people philosophy. It's like a mixture of sales psychology and mindset and copywriting and sort of smush it all together. And that's really what we focus on. Well, and that's really what we're going to be talking about today and why I wanted to bring you on because there is that um, there's one camp and then there's the other camp. It's like one camp is really loud and one camp is silent. And what we've seen um, in the time that we've been following you and sharing your stuff is just everybody kind of comes back from connecting with something that you have and says, like, I feel seen. I feel understood. I feel like she gets me and she's helping me talk to my people in that same way. And um, so with that, like your philosophy, you take that a lot to your email list. And I, what, so tell me what inspired you to start investing so much time into this? Like, what was your aha moment where you go, oh, I need to take the skill I have and start investing and growing my email list? So I started my business, kind of like most people. And I think you have a similar story where we ended up on food stamps. I gotten fired for my job for giving birth, which was legal (laughs) because I was not a full-time employer. No, I had been there, I think 11 months instead of 12. And they're like, yeah, you're not back in three days. You're fired. I had emergency C-section. I couldn't even walk in three days. Not that I would go back there. But what I've always had a natural sort of inkling towards is just people. I find them fascinating. I always said that if I had found behavioral economics before copywriting, I probably would have done that because I'm just like, why do people make the choices that they do? Very big into like self-development and all of that nature. And I think that, again, most of the people that we tend to work with tend to be very people-focused people. And that's why I was just like, oh. And so 
I took that skill of just loving people, loving reading, loving researching. And I found out that there was this thing called copywriting with a W. So like a madman. And I'm like, wait a minute, I can get paid to talk to people, find out what their issues are. And then just like, write down what they say to me. Like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> like I'm all for that. So as a copywriter with a W, you can get hired to do a variety of things from like about pages, long form sales pages, ads. I just really loved landing pages, freebies, and like sales emails because you can be so much of yourself in them. I loved that connection that you have to somebody in their inbox. And so that's why when I was like, you know, transitioning from service-based stuff to actual like, well, what does the brand Kate Dosseron be known for? I'm like, it has to be email. Like there's just no other thing that I love writing more because I love hanging out with people. (laughs) And that's where it's at. The perfect fit. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask this. I'm getting into your brain and this whole love of copywriting with the W, which I love that. Okay. So as you sit down and you, let's say you're about to craft a new lead magnet freebie opt-in as it goes by all the terms um, for your future person that you want to connect with, what goes through your mind as you begin to craft what it is you're going to give to them? How do you really get into that space of connecting? So we always talk about, we call it the Sir Mix-a-Lot principle, which I think we talked about last time on the show. Oh yeah, we did. And Mm -hmm. that is that just like Sir Mix-a-Lot, he sings the song, Baby Got Back, just like he likes big butts. So does your email list. So does your wallet. And so does your people. So I always try to think to myself, what do I personally want to help people do, overcome, achieve? And that can be anything. This can be from to not have to fight anymore when it's what's for dinner. This can be not fighting over money. This can be about showing up as themselves. And then once you sort of have that general topic or niche and thing that you want to be known for, it's I literally will list out all of the yeah buts that people have around that. That people are like, you know, I'd budget, but we've got a family of 10. I budget, but you know, I can't control myself at night, but we don't make enough money, but this, but this, but we've got credit card debt, but all this. So you come up with all of these, yeah, buts that your person has. And if you cannot come up with any, then you need to go find a new person or you need to go find them in real life. That's why people are like, but Kate, it feels like you know me so well. Like, how do you know me? Because I interact with you because I spend time with you. It might be my acting background so I can really get into character. It could just be my superpower, but I'm saying, For most people, if you're like, oh, tell me a person in your life who's like totally type A, you can think about them, you can tell them to me out loud, and you can be like, okay, if you need to do something to create for, say, Amy, who's type A, what would it be like? And then they just go off. And it's like, it's the same thing for your person. What is holding them back? What do they want to see? Like you said, people want to see seen and understood. And if they're like, oh my goodness, it's not that I just want to learn how to start a blog, but I'm nervous because what if my family reads it? Like, that's one of those things that people are like, oh my goodness, like, how did this person know? That's what you're going for. So then after that, you're in their brain and you're like, okay, I see this. Um, Where do you feel like that next step takes you after you get into the, um, that creative connection as you begin to think of what to give them? Do you have like standards you go towards like, okay, they're going to need this or is it really you're coming up with something new kind of all the time? 
So I guess it depends really on what stage of business that you are in. There are certain categories when you're in your niche for a while, you know that people are naturally going to gravitate towards like most of the people with email marketing, they're all about list building. That's fine. You can have a thousand people and that's great. But if they don't open your stuff, that's not going to get you anywhere. So I know that if I wanted to create a freebie, that that's considered what we call a really sexy topic. So it's something to look at. So you might be like, you know what, one of the bots that people always get is they don't know like what safety gear to get. And then you put it up as a freebie, you make sure it gets traffic, but it's not really going anywhere. It's probably just the wrong thing. Turn that freebie into a blog post because maybe it'll work better like that. So you always try to ask yourself, how can I pick a really specific problem? Because I think we've all seen, especially like you said, in the Facebook ads land, those like, you know, five steps to six figures or, you know, the roadmap to success. I think that that's a mighty fine piece of free content, but wouldn't you as a consumer who's really serious about getting to say that elusive six figures, if they told you like, hey, here's my sales script, people that are serious about actually getting to six figures are going to download that. So now you don't have the riffraff on your list, those freebie seekers, those tire kickers, because it's addressing something very specific. Well, and that's really good to hear. And actually, as you're talking, what's going through my mind is what we've been trying to really nail down as some really good um, opt-ins for people. And what I bump up against all the time is that I feel like people want me to give them a magic strategy or they want me to give this step-by-step or they really are like, Kate, how many pins do I need to do per day of pin A, pin B, pin C? What boards do they go to? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I can't give you that. And it, and we're starting to connect with them even more and more as our marketing gets better. But I feel like there, um, there sometimes is this block, I wonder, for people where it feels like a, like are not connecting. And I love what you just said about if it's not connecting with, with them in this lead magnet, turn it into a blog post, like still use it, but like use it in other ways, like see if there's other ways you can connect with them or reframe it. Um, repurpose it don't just and because my assumption is like we'll throw it out it's done like I'll never use it again it sucks but that's not necessarily what you're saying is like maybe just repurpose it no because it people are again because treat people like people people can be attracted to different things depending on how serious they are or what they think is going on so what people are thinking when they're asking you Kate how many times a day do I pin pin a pin b pin c it's they don't know how to tackle this Pinterest algorithm, or they're getting really frustrated because they're putting in all this work and they're not seeing any effort. So you have to kind of look a little bit like behind the cloth, like what's like this underneath thing that is going on. And so you might know in the back of your head, like, well, really it's because they're focusing on the wrong things. So a freebie could potentially be like the three things never to focus on. If you want to see success in Pinterest, they'd be like, Ooh, I'm going to click on that. I'll go on that. But what's really important, and this goes out to my bloggers of the world, potentially people who really make money with ads, because I've seen this in my course as well. If your website is full of a lot of ads, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to tell you the conversion rate. So the people that see your opt-in versus sign up is going to be extremely low. Because if you have four video ads going up, banners flashing at people to leave your website, a bunch of affiliate links going to Amazon or other places, you're not giving people a clear path to your email list. And so I never force people to choose. I ask them, 
what do you want to have? You cannot have both. People's attention will be too split. So that's the other thing when you're trying to figure out, is this freebie a dud? Is have you actually done everything you can to promote it in a month? If you're just promoting it to your five Instagram followers and you're creating some pins, no, you haven't done everything. (laughs) You have not. Have you pitched somebody to see if they will share your freebie with their audience? Have you gotten on podcast and talked about this? Have you decided to put some money down on ads? I'm not saying that that's the answer to everything, but did you really do everything? Or did you do the safe things when it comes to promoting this? Well, and I think that's because there's this myth that you just put it out there and it just like feeds you cash, right? Or if if through your email is like, I mean, they're just making it rain. And I think to your point about the ads and especially people coming from Pinterest, the Pinterest user is not loyal to you yet. They are not interested. Their mindset as they're on Pinterest is like, what am I going to find that serves me? I don't care about your brand. I don't care about your followers. I only care about what solution you're going to solve for me. And that's the mindset they're in when they go there. Whereas, you know, when they go to Instagram, they're looking to get consumed in people's stories. But on Pinterest, it's like, to your point, when they come to your site and then they're bombarded with everything and that's like, do this, do this, do this. They're like, oh, whoa, this, this is not about me anymore. This is this is about all these other things that are trying to get my attention. But my original need of a recipe or a tool or whatever is no longer it's like it's broken. And so I love how you put that is don't just put your lead magnet out there and think like, oh, it's been out there for a month and it didn't work. But really what's happening when they come to your site where I think that's a lot of where Pinterest marketers, they lose steam because they think like, well, I did the hard work. I got them to my site or I I created the opt-in. But what about the user experience? You know? Exactly. What other thing do you want them to do too? Um, I think that there were some that we were looking at, like the first thing they wanted to buy, like a PDF. And then it was a whole bunch of ads. And then it was like, I think they had two opt-in forms in their blog post, which was great. But it's like, look at all of the other things that you want me to click on and do. And they're distracting me before I get there. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. So when you, um, so this is a great question for you is as you design some of your pages and how they look and um, let's say, obviously, since we're connecting the dots of Pinterest and using Pinterest to go our email list, um, what are you from like pin creative to page? What goes through your mind as far as like that linear progression as you move them through? And like, do you see them like all the way down into your email list? Like what visually goes through your mind from Pinterest to your site to your email list? Oh, I think that's a really great question. So again, and this all, again, it depends on people. It depends on your business model. So if your business model is ads and you're happy with ads, then you don't need to do anything that I'm going to tell you, right? But if your business model is that you ultimately want to sell digital products or courses or be known as a go-to type of a brand, then this is going to make a lot of sense. So the way that we sort of bring everything back is... My goal is to get people on my email list so that way I can help them with blank. So you need to have an actual goal for your email list because being on your list, it's a privilege. Like that's why I'm hurting for subscribers and why we make so much money. Like it's a privilege to be in my energy, to be this excited about seeing people succeed. It's a privilege for people to be able to get your tips week after week about what to cook for dinner. They're lucky that they found you. Okay. So that's the first thing you need to realize. The second thing is I'm not going to create, whether it is a pin 
a blog post, a podcast episode, a YouTube video that could not in some way directly relate back to some type of freebie. I think that what ended up happening in this was, I think a kind of a carryover from about two or three years ago, where every time someone created a blog post, they wanted to create a brand new freebie called a content upgrade. You should not be doing that. Like that is a very poor use of your time. Very poor use of your time. What makes more sense is, okay, I've narrowed in on a yeah, but that I think really, really works. You know, I've talked with people. I've, you know, maybe stalked them a little bit in Facebook groups or different forums that they're in, like dentistry forums. I don't know, wherever your people are, you're going to make sure that it is a natural flow, whatever you're talking about on your blog, that your freebie is that natural next step. So it's like, okay, if I have a free meal planning kit, then maybe it's going to be like, you know, five best dinners, you know, to feed tonight again. And then it's like, okay. And if you're struggling with what to have for breakfast and lunch, get this planner. It's free or it's paid. So you have to think a little bit of a step of ahead of what is some other excuse or some other thing that my freebie will be its natural next step. And then people are going to want them. So then when you go and you create your pins for the content that you're making, we call it conversion style content. It's okay. I know the type of headlines because I listen to the Symbol Pin podcast that tend to get people on Pinterest attention. So like in our space where it's marketing very business to business, a lot of people really tend to click on the pins. I don't know if you guys have seen this where like, you know, how I made X number of dollars, you know, in this short of a time. Because people in our industry are very curious about those things. So it's like, oh, okay. So you're sort of working on those headlines, seeing what's going really good. You know, if you are in the food niche, you know, what type of recipe style pins are you noticing are getting a lot of clicks? So you're all starting back from your goal is to get them on your email list. So everything else you create after that is just getting them there. Mm. I picture you with a bunch of sticky notes out in front of you or like, <laughs> I mean, and this is a, a actually a total side question, but I think a lot of people are wondering, like, when you sit down to do this, do you write it all out? Do you sticky note it out? Do you use a program that you love that helps you like really get into the flow of it? Because there's two things. There's one, both the creative and then number two, the workflow of how it looks so you can visually see it. <laughs> nope. Okay. There you go. like, what? I mean, you can. I'm very much, and this is why, you know, we have another course called Trello Magic. Like, I'm the most unorganized person in the world. I just (laughs) happened to find a project management system that actually worked for my brain, right? So, what before I actually will sit down, I would love to say, like, oh, yes, we plan out six months worth of content and our freebies and all. No. I sit down and I think to myself, what is something that my audience is struggling with? And then either what freebie do I have most closely relates to this? Or what point can I make that will make them closely related? So, you know, we have our freebies that serves and sell free mini course. So it might be, you know, something as obvious as like, you know, the top three mistakes people make with their freebies okay, you want to make a great one, get this mini course. It could be the best ways to uh, grow your email list. Well, in order to use any of those tactics, you need to have a great freebie. So here's how you create that freebie. So it's just kind of, you don't need to sit down and have a master plan. It's just thinking that one extra step before you sit down and do it. 
Well, and I think that brings a lot of relief to the quick starts of the world who are like, oh, thank goodness I don't have to create a flow chart because you do have. And I think that's to the point of like how people teach and you're the way you're teaching this and talking about this right now brings some people relief that it doesn't have to be this grand system that has all these hooks and handles and then you have to do X, Y, Z. But it's like really ultimately just get into the heads of your people and just start writing and see where it goes. And then, you know, you just gave us the plan before that about how to back up from there. But I know a lot of people will appreciate that because they're like, oh, <laughs> I'm off the hook <laughs> of organization. One, one of the things that I am constantly fascinated by, and I know that you guys are as well, especially with the Simple Pin Collective is we always try to distill down what is that it factor that makes people more successful than others? And the people that get too far in the weeds that are like, well, yeah, what about this, this, and this? Like, and that's eight years from now, roughly. I mean, in internet year, so two months. Like, why do you care about that when you can't even do this one thing that's right ahead of you? It's like, you're smart. You have ingenuity. Build the plane if you need to. As if you're falling down, it is okay. Well, yeah, but yeah, no, like just focus on this first, focus on this first. And I think that's hard for people because sometimes it feels so boring. And especially, you know, with Pinterest marketing too. And I love that you um, brought in the collective because we definitely see in there lots of like people who that's what they're looking for. Like, just help me focus on the right thing because there's too much noise out there. There's too much other things. And I need to distill down to this instead of getting into the weeds. And I've been prone to that too. I'm like, I can't see out of everything. I'm like, wait a minute. And I even ask myself sometimes with Pinterest, I'm like, am I missing something? And it's like, no, you're not missing something. It really goes back to that place of how do you serve the people who are on Pinterest searching for the thing that you provide? You're creating a match, you know, like match.com, like let's get you together and you talk to them and then they'll become a loyal fan and want to follow you forever. You know, like that's the whole goal. Whereas people get caught up in like, my pin A didn't do what it was supposed to do. And it's like, okay, well, try something new, which actually is a great bridge to when you feel like, well, let me say this. How do you judge your opt-ins as like, I don't want to use the term success or failure, but I'm going to use it anyway. Like, how do you determine for you if you're like that worked or that didn't work or that connected or didn't connect? I think that that's a really great question for the record. Sometimes you'll call them duds. I like to think of everything as an experiment. And I think this is why a lot of people tend to gravitate even towards us is that like, this is, I don't want to call it a game because I'm not like belittling stuff, but like, it really is just kind of like, I don't have any personal attachment to an outcome of a freebie. Like, yeah, oh, that one hurts. Like I, I spent like, you know, about a week on that one and I thought it would work, but I'm not tying myself worth to it. So if it does not work out or it's not performing the way I want, it's not like, oh my goodness, I don't know my people. I'm a failure. It's never going to work. I need to throw in the towel. It's just like, oh, that didn't move, didn't work. Let me try something else. So what we're always looking at when it comes to is something, we'll say underperforming. You need to look at the obvious thing. Are you getting enough eyeballs to it? So I have some students that get their copy really, really dialed in. And then when I'm like, how many people saw this? And they're like, 12 well, that is your problem. <laughs> you have a people problem. You need to go out and get more people. Now, if you're having hundreds of thousands of people going, say, specifically to a landing page, so not 
a blog post, especially a blog post that's got a lot of other stuff going around. But if you have 10,000 people that are landing on your landing page and only a handful of them, like four or five, are signing up, then that's a problem. And you need to look at the words on the page. Is that the issue that people are coming here from whatever source I'm bringing them from, whether it's an ad, whether it's a Pinterest pin, and they're not getting there? Or is it that, again, with this people problem, are you doing absolutely everything you can to get people to this landing page, but it's just not working out? Or you're not getting people that are applying back and they're like, oh yeah, this is just what I needed. Or if you can, you know, post your new freebie idea, say, you know, in a Facebook group or someplace that your ideal clients hang out and no one's excited for it, then that's how you know you've kind of missed the mark. But you need to give it, I know people hate this, us quick starts. <laughs> it's like, but you need to give it like a month because you don't know. Yeah, like it's true. Cannot- you can't make a split decision. You can make a split decision if it's a week out and you're like, oh, only 100 people got to this landing page. Okay, well, what did I do to get them there? What else could I do to get them there? Like, then you can experiment. Then you can look at your data and then it's like, oh, okay, that's where my issue is. Well, and I think what you said in the beginning, is kind of like this wild, wild west still, like of online world, you know, there's, it's still so new even though, you know, the internet's been around, you know, for 25 years or whatever, but there's still so new in this online world and online marketing and tactics and it's changing. And I love how you said, don't tie it to self-worth. Like it's, it's really just, um, it's just business. Right. And I struggle with that too, where sometimes you put your heart and soul into something. You're like, everybody's going to love it. And then nobody loves it. And it's like, what did I do wrong? And it's like, well, you just didn't hit the mark. It's not like your self-worth is tied to that. And I think that's such a good reminder for women uh, because we don't always pull those things apart. And then we go, this sucks. I'm out. Like I'm done. I'm never doing it again. This apparently isn't working. And then you're not serving the people who really do need what you need. And that's a a shame, right? Because we miss out. Right. And And you also have to remember humans, again, treat people like people are not logical. They make no sense because if they did, they would drink their 64 ounces of water. They would have already exercised. Kate would have told me she slept eight hours that she had very limited meat. Like I'm just like naming things that we all know we should be doing. But then if I'm like, Hey, how many cups of coffee did you have? You're like, Oh, well three, you know, you're not supposed to buy a latte. When's the last time you bought a latte? Oh, yesterday. Like (laughs) people do not do what they are supposed to do. So what might be the issue with your freebie? Again, you've tried getting people there, you've worked on your copy and like things aren't connecting, it might be something that they just find boring. So you might have to jazz it up. I know, like hand to whatever you believe in, the one biggest factor truly in your success, like besides getting your own mindset right, is she who knows her people the best will win. But if I try to create a freebie that's called nail down your ideal avatar, nobody would get it. They wouldn't, right? Because they always brush over it, and those are the things that you're going to notice when you immerse yourself in your niche and in your industry. But if I had something like a freebie about, like you know, the biggest secret um, to copy that converts, and then spoiler alert, it ends up being like the carrot that you hid in the cake. (laughs) It's knowing your Mm -hmm. ideal person. That's (laughs) (laughs) like that's going to work because 
ideal client avatar is not appealing, but making sales is appealing. That is what they want to go have because humans aren't logical. So you go in with that angle. So maybe they're telling you, oh, I wish that I had more time, but bullet journaling isn't something else. Maybe it's, you know, a, just a different angle that you have to take a different approach. Right. Oh, so good. Words of wisdom, Kate Doster. I appreciate that. That was good. And really encouraging, I think, for me as I'm thinking about it, that I need to also recognize, and I think some people who are listening, that sometimes that's just not in your wheelhouse to think like this. So who can help you think like this? Who can help you get into the minds and the brains of your people? And crowdsourcing is always a great way to do that. Like ask people for help in groups, you know, ask people, what can I do? I mean, a shameless plug for the collective, but come in there and that's what do we do? Because that's what we're designed to help you do is help you create a Pinterest strategy that works for you. And if I was to say, take my strategy, it works for me as a business to business person, but you're a business to consumer, it just wouldn't work. It would be like me, you know, telling you, Kate, hey, you should do what I do. And you're like, uh, that doesn't work for my people. <laughs> it's not going to work. So I, I like that for those who struggle with the creativity piece. And oh, can I just say one thing about that? Yeah. Treat people like people. You're going to be like, God, she's a broken record. Being on my list is a privilege and to treat people like people. If you say to them, hey, what's your biggest struggle with Pinterest? That is not a question that a human brain can answer. They might just say, like, I hate it. It doesn't work. That's not going to give it there. So when you're posing any type of market research questions, it's got to be like, so... And this literally, we just did this because we're doing a live masterclass. And it's like, okay, fill in the blank for me because people can fill in a blank. I would rather listen to Baby Shark on repeat for 25 hours straight than email my list because people can fill that out. I'd rather listen to Nails in the Chalkboard. I'd rather eat Taco Bell and have to go stand in a line. So you want people because there's cash and complaining. People know what to complain about, but they don't necessarily know what the issue is because they don't want to feel dumb about things, but they will complain about things. So you need to ask it. That's why if you're like, well, I asked my people, what's your biggest struggle with meal planning? That's not going to work. I'd rather do blank than meal plan. Like, <laughs> and then be like, oh, well, this is why. And this is why. And then you can uncover those things. But just ask another thing you can do if you're like, well, I'm nervous to ask in a community. She who knows her people go to Amazon. What other books or resources or influencers would your people go and follow? So like we have a lot of students that are in the budgeting that are doing fantastic. And so I always tell them, because again, it was like, well, in my niche, people don't spend money. Do you see Susie Orman eating off the dollar menu because she's got no money? Do you see Dave Ramsey flying coach when we were allowed on airplanes? No, you don't. So now that's not an excuse. Because these people are helping people who are, are quote unquote poor and don't have money and they are fine. So these are the things that you need to be thinking about. So, okay, I'm into budgeting. I know Dave Ramsey is a big one. I know Suzuerman's a good one. What are people complaining about when it comes to their books? Let me go and look. What don't they address? And then that is like, oh, that's a problem. They don't feel this person addresses this or that addresses that. I can help with that one. And then you just go. Because they told you. And you didn't even have to ask at this point. You just have to uh, read. I love that. Because, oh, and I'm going to 
I'm going to say we have definitely asked the question, what's your greatest struggle with Pinterest? And that was such a good aha moment for me because that's what we've been trying to get down, drill down to. So how you reframed that was super helpful um, because sometimes we're too close to what we're giving, like we're too closely tied to our products or tied to what we're selling or teaching or whatever. So it helps to have somebody speak differently to pop out of that, to get to back to the people and out of our own brains. I think that is what we need to, what I need to do for sure. And they will always shock you. So again, I had posed that question and somebody without giving too many details, but essentially it was something that like, I'm sure I knew in the back of my head, but I never really get out there was that since she was sort of new, a lot of her friends and family on real life were on her email list. And so she was really nervous as coming off as a person who like takes advantage of their friends. Or I know sometimes people in real life, when they have online businesses, not that we're embarrassed, but a lot of the outside world doesn't get us. And so it's like, not that you have like an online persona, but some people feel weird about that. So like for myself, it's just like, oh yeah, I need to address that. Like, how do I come off as helpful and not needy? How do I need to do this? But if I never pose that question, I wouldn't realize that that's something that somebody struggled with. Hmm. Oh, good tips. I love all of this. My mind is like brimming with ideas as we've been going through this. And and I, I mean, I want to share for those who are listening who have been in business for a long time, like I've been in business for seven years. And a lot of what we've done here at Simple Pin has been services based. And now we're kind of moving over to the marketing side. And that's been a hard switch for me getting out of this services based into the marketing, which you've done too. And that I think it's just, it's a mind shift. It's a different type of client and person. And um, it takes time and it takes the willingness to refine and be willing to get in the dirt and continue to refine instead of getting caught up in the failures. Yes, 100%. I have to say, I probably, you guys have a much more graceful approach. <laughs> Whereas I was just like, I'm just not going to take any more copywriting clients. And I'm like, I did not poise myself for that. Like I thought the business was going to break me, but I got over myself. I allowed myself, um, as one of my mentors says, to have the human experience for, you know, like a day or two. And then you buck up and you're like, all right, because, and this is what I think makes the difference between, I don't want to say like the winners and losers, because I don't think anyone's losers, but it's that conviction that if this pin or this product or this freebie did not hit well with my audience, I am so determined to see them succeed. I will create them something new. I do not care. And that's why everyone's like, oh, I genuinely feel like you care about my business. I do. <laughs> like, I'm going to blow my microphone. I legitimately care. Like, I want to see you succeed. And if having this modality or this as a course or this as a freebie didn't work, I'm just going to go back to the drawing board and figure something out because I still need to get money in the hands of good people so they can do good with it. Just like you still need to help people learn how to play the ukulele so they have fun and they can impress people at their Zoom parties or to not fight about dinner because who wants that argument like you don't and that's really how you're going to connect with people is thinking rather than just being like are you struggling with meal planning what does struggling with meal planning how does that physically manifest every single day every single day and since most of us are very close to our ideal client you will know (laughs) 
the unnecessary fights, the fact that your kid's not going to eat it. Maybe you're trying to lose weight, so you want more vegetables, but your kids will still just only eat chicken fingers. Like, (laughs) you know all of that. So then when you're going to create a pin, a sales page, your product, it's meal plans that even if your kids just like chicken fingers, they'll eat. And then all of a sudden they're like, how does she know that my kid only eats chicken fingers and mac and cheese? Mm-hmm. And then you take away that guilt. Like, you're, if you're marketing to moms, like, you're not a bad mom because that's what they eat. Let's just be happy they're eating anything. <laughs> let's, right. shove, let's shove this other stuff on the side and see if we can coax them into some vegetables as well. Right. Totally. Oh, I love that. And I all encouraging and just... I've, I know people listening probably have so many ideas too already. And I have feel like I took away some amazing things already. So where can people go to connect with you more? Cause I know you have great stuff. And if this is the first time people are listening to you, they're probably like, where can I get more of this Kate Duster lady? <laughs> well, thank you. So the first place, wherever you're listening to this, although it could be on the Simple Pin website, which is gorgeous, by the way. But if you're listening to this in your podcast player, then just search for Inbox Besties. That is my podcast. I normally talk a lot faster than what I'm doing to right now. I'm trying to slow it down, but I get very excited. So you will not have to listen to me on 2x speed. You will not understand me. Of course, (laughs) we have a free masterclass called Little List of Big Profits, which you can get to by heading on over to katedoster.com forward slash, I think it's simple pin class is the, is the URL. And I'll make sure that that works when this goes interview live. So simple pin class. And what that does is, you know, how I was literally just talking about that macaroni and cheese nugget issue. We call those moments. So in Littlest Big Profit, I'm going to go over how you can go from something so generic, like make money online to be able to slap your debit card on the counter at Whole Foods and get whatever you want without caring. So we break down in that webinar how you can start doing these things. Because the truth is, and I don't want to overwhelm anybody when it comes to email marketing, if you were doing email marketing right, essentially, it really is a sales engine. Not that I ever want to treat people like fuel because that's not the way I roll. But there are a lot of moving parts. Again, you've got your conversion style content. You've got your freebie. You've got your landing page, your thank you page, which is the most important page that you have on your whole website, which I can go on a tangent about this one forever because it's true. You've got your emails. You've got your products. So I want to make sure that when someone comes into my world, we can get all of that. Because if you have a fantastic product, but you don't have anyone to actually get there, that's a problem. If you can get some people there, but you can't talk about your product more than just buy this, it's cool. That's going to be an issue too. And if you're like, but Kate, you know, I'm really, I'm just starting out. So I don't know if I'm ready for sales talk yet. Again, katesoster.com forward slash simple pin class. Then you can head on over and get my two years worth of email ideas. So I've literally mapped out two years worth of email ideas are just little prompts that you can use to start getting your creative juices going. So you can go to katedoster.com forward slash simple pin two. So it'll be hyphen and then two. Ah, that was awesome. And I have heard so many, uh, so much good feedback about that too, how just your ability to get people's creative juices flowing has been really cool for them when they feel like they're stagnant. And I know for me, I've had a couple of times this year where I felt that way. And I'm just (laughs) like, I have no more ideas left. I don't know what people want. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) So I appreciate the creativity that you bring to the table. It's awesome. Oh, I thank you. And I think that anyone can have that as long as they're 
allowing themselves to be that way and to literally stop thinking, well, I'm not creative or, well, Kate can do this because she has a big personality. No, you can do this because you're you. You can make this happen. If you tried to be like me, it would not work. If you went out there, someone asked about like, you know, what if somebody copies you? No one else can go out there and start talking about big butts like the way I can because it genuinely fits my personality. And you're going to find that that's the same way with you, that people want to hear from you. So don't be nervous about emailing your list because you're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to annoy people. If you're only letting in the right people at the start, you're not going to annoy them. And if they just don't care about meal planning right now, they can unsubscribe. And if they send you like, oh, unsubscribe me, that's when you laugh at them and then you block them from everything of yours so they can't ever get back. You're like, God, how, how does this person have time to write hate mail? I would love to have that extra time. Jealous, get out. You're done. Yeah, You're done. Totally. I, have, I have too many other people to help. And if you're like, but Kate, I'm a nice person. That doesn't work. Then think to yourself this. There is another teacher out there for them. And that is fantastic. You do not have to be everyone's messiah. It is okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Amen to that. I will say that I have had, it's really tempting not to want to screenshot the unsubscribe button in the email when people, I get that and send it back to them and be like, here it is. Go ahead and click it. Click I just link. silently will go in. Sometimes I laugh. I'm like, and again, you're allowed to have that human experience. You can be a little bit offended at first, but then I'm just like, God, I don't want people in my audience that can't read. The button's right there. Right. Because like I pride myself, and I know you do as well, as we resonate with action takers. If this person wasn't an action taker enough to go out and hit a button, I don't want them around me. I've got other people to focus on. Yes, yeah, so you're kind of like, how'd you get in my list in the first place? Right? That like, is my biggest thing. I'm mad at my freebies and my landing page because somebody wants reply back and they're like, I think you're very unprofessional because you say home slice. I'm like, I have that on everything. How did you get in? Block. Right. You're not allowed in my world. Oh, I love it. So good. Well, Kate, thanks so much for sharing your tips with us. And Kate left a lot of links. So we will have those at simplepinmedia.com slash 215. And as a reminder this month, we will be deep diving into how to use Pinterest to grow your beautiful email list that serves their people with the yeah buts and a ways to really get them to connect with you and just you know be a part of your world where you can serve them where they're at and everything works in this perfect unity and it's awesome so go to simplepinmedia.com slash 215 to get all the links and the show notes and thanks again kate for being on with us i am super encouraged and excited to take some of these tips into my own email list growth yay bye everybody